0: What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Millennial God, where we help believers navigate life, culture and politics in America. All right, so for this week's episode, I actually want to take a step back and go a little bit more in depth on a few of the things that I talked about in episode 18 entitled, Where Do We Draw the Line? So if you haven't already, I highly recommend going back and listening to episode 18 first. But even if you don't, I promise you'll still get a lot out of this episode. But the reason I want to go back to that episode is because we've received a lot of messages and questions and had a lot of conversations about it. Uh, which is what we wanted to happen from that episode. So we appreciate everyone's feedback. Uh, and if you really enjoyed that episode, then please make sure you go and share it uh, with your friends, because it's really going to lay the foundation for the rest of this season of Millennial God. So for today's episode, I'm going to break down and go in depth on the most important command in the Bible, and that is love God. Now, I'm sure a lot of folks out there uh, think that this is a fairly simple concept for a fairly straightforward idea. Um, And it sort of is, but it also encompasses a multitude of other commands that God kind of has for us. Uh, And unfortunately, this command has been played down a lot by the church in quite a few ways. Uh, We've essentially relegated the command of love God down to, well, just worship him once a week and pray once a day. Uh, and really, that's it. That's all we've kind of boiled it down to. But that's not even remotely close what uh, this command means. So today I'll go over what the command is, what it means, uh, and how we're supposed to live that out in our lives. And to be honest with you, a year ago, I, I probably would not have thought even, uh, that this command was so cl- I would not have thought that uh, we need to do an episode on this because I thought it was so clear um, and and people understood it so well that we wouldn't need to make an episode. But the truth is that the more that I look around, the more that I see that the church is failing at its its number one mission, really. Uh, Loving God to the fullest extent of our spirit's ability is the foundation of everything else that we believe in Christianity. And. Unfortunately, uh, I see a lot of people kind of just throwing it out because either it's too hard or it's not what we like to hear, uh, or really because we want to be able to determine for ourselves uh, what we believe or what we do or don't want to obey. Uh, And not only that, but then on top of that, we'll find pastors, we'll find speakers, we'll find podcasts and videos uh, that say exactly what we want to hear so that we don't have to read or, or listen to parts of the Bible that we disagree with or don't like. Uh, ultimately, what we're doing is we're, we're making up false gods for ourselves. Uh, we're creating gods that, that align with what we want to believe rather than humbling ourselves and being completely obedient to everything that God actually says. All right, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself there. So uh, let's take it back to the command of love God. So, I want to go back to Deuteronomy real quick and then go to a verse that we talked about in episode 18. So, first in Deuteronomy 6 it says, now this is the commandment, the statutes and the rule that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you that you may do them in the land to which you are going to you you are going over to possess it that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son by keeping all his statutes and his commandments. Then it goes further and says, Hear O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And on top of that, in Matthew 22, Jesus reiterates the importance of this command, right? He's asked what the greatest commandment in the law is, and he uses the exact same language. And he replies, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So the most important command in the Bible is to love God with all your heart and with all your mind and with all your soul. And... Unfortunately, I don't think the church fully understands what that means. And, and truthfully, I don't think leaders have been teaching it. Uh, this command means that you love God more than your family. You love God more than your friends, more than your spouse, more than your kid, more than your job and your hobbies and your own desires. You love God more than all of that. And a lot of times churches may teach the importance of loving your neighbor, uh, but we don't teach the importance of loving God, and we rarely teach what that means in our lives and the extent to which uh, we're expected to obey that. Uh, if you love God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, then there really isn't room for anything else. Every moment of your existence is either in service to God or in opposition to Him, uh, and that sounds a little bit extreme, but if you think that sounds extreme, then go back to and listen to episode 18 uh, because, again, that really lays a foundation. But like I said, Everything you do, everything in your existence, is either in direct obedience to God and service to God, or it's in direct opposition to Him. That is what it means to be uh, truly devoted, and it's how we show our love to God. And when we talk about loving others in the next episode, you'll see that loving others really just comes as a result of being fully devoted to God. That's where you know we love our, our neighbors, we love our family, we love everybody else. It's because of it's our devote because of our devotion to loving God. So. We know that we're supposed to love God more than anything, but how do we actually physically show love to God, right? It's not like a guy that we can just go up and hug. Uh, Well, we show love through humility first, through faith, and through obedience. And I'll give you guys a few examples real quick. So in 1 John 5, uh, verse 3, it says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And John 14, 15, Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And John 14, 23 says, Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. But how do we get to a point where we are keeping his commands, right? Uh, If we know that in order to love God, we have to keep his commands, how do we know, uh, or how do we get to a point where we are following those commands? How do you fully obey Uh, God to show that love. Well, obedience doesn't just come from forcing yourself to obey. And for a lot of people, it's hard to tell the difference uh, in their lives because they just haven't fully committed to following Christ yet. They want to serve two masters. And so obeying God's commands feels like a burden to them. It feels like friction. It's, It's harder to obey God's commands. Romans 6.16 talks about how we're either slaves to sin or we're slaves to righteousness, which goes back to my point about we're either in complete obedience or complete service to God. It's one or the other. There is no in-between, but it says, uh, 6.16 talks about how we're either slaves to sin or slaves to righteousness, which is the, the same concept. Well, if you're a slave to something, uh, you have to be completely obedient to your master. So when we try to live out Uh, in this sort of middle ground uh, where we want to be in charge of our own lives, but we also want to be seen and we want to have the reputation of being a so-called Christian, we feel friction from both masters because we're not serving either one fully. Uh, That could be from sin or righteousness because, again, we're not fully devoted to either one. And so like I talked about in uh, episode 18, that's called Lukewarm, when in reality everything we do is supposed to be in complete obedience through humility or disobedience through pride uh, to god so how do you get to that again uh well true faithful obedience and complete devotion can't come as a result of our own efforts it, you'll never get there you'll never be able to just uh, force your way or try your way to be uh, completely obedient and completely devoted it can only come as a result of humility and fully placing our trust in god in Philippians 2.8, we can see Jesus' example, right? It says, And being found in human form, he, Jesus, uh, humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. It says that Jesus humbled himself in obedience. Humility and obedience go hand in hand with each other. Jesus even reiterated this in Matthew 16.24 when he says, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me listen to the words there. It says, let him deny himself. That means that you have to completely submit yourself. You have to reject yourself and humble yourself to God. And he says to follow him, follow his example, follow his teachings, humility and surrendering, surrendering to God comes first and then comes obedience. And when we initially make the decision to follow Jesus and we get baptized, uh, that's actually what baptism symbolizes. Unfortunately, people now just teach that baptism is simply this public expression of faith, uh, and you've probably heard that from, from a lot of teachers or, or pastors, uh, but that, that's kind of a horrible misinterpretation. Baptism is a physical representation of your spiritual decision to die to yourself, to deny yourself, just like I said, uh, to humble yourself, and to be raised up as a completely new person filled with the Holy Spirit. Again, a lot of people will misconstrue that and say that, well, baptism is just a public acknowledgement of your faith. Uh, but no, it's, it's meant to uh, symbolize a spiritual desi- decision in a physical way, um, and that is death to yourself and a new life being brought up that's filled with the Holy Spirit. That's why uh, when you hear me talk about uh, sharing the gospel with people, we often ask, you know, who is in charge of your life? Because if you think you're in charge uh, of your own life, then that means that you have not humbled yourself. Uh, you haven't your, your old self hasn't died, and you haven't put your trust in God. Once we humble ourselves and fully put our trust in God, the Holy Spirit is what gives us that obedience. It's what drives us, what motivates us to be obedient to God. In First John 3.24, it says, Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this, we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. So again, whoever keeps his commandments and then the spirit uh, will be given to us. So we can see here that there's this relationship between our obedience and God living uh, through us. But a lot of people try to live perfectly by their own efforts. And sometimes it's hard to tell in your own life, but if you're finding it hard to be obedient to God, and more than likely it's because you haven't humbled yourself first. Let me say that one more time. So if you are finding it hard to be obedient to God in your life, then more than likely it's because you have not humbled yourself first. You haven't completely put your trust in God. You, you want to be in charge of your own life, uh, at least for some portions, but you still want to have that reputation of being a Christian. And this is where we start to see what people often call cultural Christianity. Let me give you what a... Let me explain to you what I mean by cultural Christianity, because that term gets thrown around a lot. What I mean by being a cultural Christian is someone who may go to church, they may read the Bible, they may go to small groups, but ultimately they put their trust in themselves. They rely on their own definition of success. They think that they should be in charge of their own lives, all while calling themselves a believer, a follower, follower of God. What that often looks like, and uh, I, I recommend you pay a close attention to this part because uh, it may be you, uh, what it often looks like is that people will demonstrate an interest in God uh, rather than a complete devotion. Uh, that means that they'll go to church and they'll read their Bible, uh, they'll have Christian friends, they'll have this sort of Christian persona, uh, but their life is defined by their perception rather than God's, their own perception of what it means to be successful. So, their obedience to God becomes really more of a hobby uh, rather than a lifestyle. That's what it means uh, in the book of James when the author says that faith without works is dead. Uh, You can clearly see in your own life whether or not you have humbled yourself uh, and put your trust in God because if you haven't, uh, then you aren't producing any sort of fruit, right? Uh, Whenever he says faith without works is dead, he's not saying that your salvation is earned through works. He's saying that if your faith is dead, then you will not be producing any work. So the reverse of that is if you're looking at your own life and you are not producing any sort of fruit, then that likely means that your faith is dead. You may hear me reiterate this uh, a lot this season, but uh, everything that you do, every moment of your life is either in complete obedience to God or complete disobedience to God. There is no in-between. So if you aren't loving others in a way that's so extreme that it looks weird to other people, if you aren't taking care of the widows and the orphans, if you aren't feeding the hungry and giving shelter to the homeless, and a number of other things that we'll address next episode. Uh, If you're not doing those things, then it's probably because you have not humbled yourself and put your trust in God. Uh, You're a dead tree that isn't producing any fruit. And if I had to identify a singular cause of why the American church is so unloving, uh, why the American church is so disobedient, why the American church is filled with false teachers, why the American church has so much wealth while surrounded by people that are struggling to survive, if I had to identify a singular cause of that, then I would say it all goes back to the fact that the vast majority of people who call themselves Christians in America are not willing to humble themselves and put complete trust in God. They still want to maintain ownership. They still want to be in charge of their lives. They still want to call the shots in their lives. They still want to be the king of their own lives. And they have not humbled themselves and put complete faith and trust in God. In fact, just like Jesus says in John 5, you can even search the scriptures uh, and try your hardest to be in obedience, just like the Pharisees did, and never find eternal life. Uh, Because you put your trust and your faith in your own decision-making rather than humbling yourself to be obedient to God. Now, a lot of people will hear the word obedience and start yelling, well, that's just legalism. That's usually what people who want to justify their sin are quick to say. They, they like to shout legalism. Uh, obedience is not legalism. right? Uh, legalism is obedience to man-made laws and obedience, uh, and, uh, sorry, obedience to self-righteousness. Legalism would be like when God tells us to give to those in need. So man decides that 10% of people's income is what he thinks they ought to give. And then he tells others to obey him and also give 10%. That's legalism. But when God, uh, what God means isn't to give what another man tells you, but instead to give to anyone that has need and to show God's love by the way that you give. So maybe it's 10%. Maybe it's 100%. Uh, it's not man's job to tell you how much to give. It's your job to look around you and see who is in need and find ways to help them out. Now, the flip, flip side of that is not giving at all, which, again, is, in, is still in disobedience to God's commands. All right, so let's say that you're looking around, and you're thinking just thinking to yourself, well, all of this sounds a lot like my church. Uh, you see a lot of self-righteousness, you see a lot of pride, you see a lack of humility, and you don't see very much fruit being produced by your church. Uh, what should you do if that's your church? Well, First of all, I'll say that devotion to God can be done in a church of two or a church of 2,000 or 20,000, but it has to be deliberate. And that was kind of one of the points of episode 19, our last episode, is that it doesn't matter the forum or the building or the location or who's in charge. What matters is what's happening during the gathering. Is your church devoted to God and devoted to loving others? Uh, Because I'll tell you, I've been to and seen a lot of churches, and I have found that very, very few Uh, are fully devoted to loving God uh, with all their heart, with all their mind, and with all their soul. And if you don't see that kind of devotion in your church, then please reach out to us uh, about providing training. Just last week, a friend of ours who listens to the podcast reached out uh, because she had felt convicted by the Holy Spirit through this podcast, and she wanted to get involved in abortion ministry. Uh, She wanted to get one started inside of her church, so she took the initiative and she set up a Zoom meeting uh, between us and her church leadership. And now we're working through providing some training uh, for that church to get an abortion ministry started in her her area. I say all of that because uh, you know I'm I'm very serious. If you guys want to reach out, if you uh, feel like either in your personal life or um, in your church uh, there's some sort of shortcoming or there's a lukewarmness, or you you know you're not meeting God's intent, uh, you're not seeing in your church, in your life, uh, what you read about in the Bible, uh, then please, by all means, reach out to us. And I promise our team here at ReChurch will find a way uh, to help, whether that be, you know, training or community initiatives or or whatever is necessary, we will find a way to help you guys out. All right. So I hope that after this episode, you guys understand not only the importance of loving God, but also how we as a people are able to obey the first and greatest commandment uh, to love God. Ultimately, we must humble ourselves, Uh, we must completely put our faith in God, and we must be obedient to His commands. And if our lives don't look like that, then the chances are we still are not trusting uh, in God completely. And finally, stay tuned for next week's episode where we'll talk about how this complete devotion and lifestyle of loving God results in an overflowing of love to the point that we can't help ourselves but love our neighbors and share the gospel and care for those around us. God bless. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Millennial God Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to hit subscribe. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to leave us a review. Uh, If you ever want to reach out, you can find us anywhere on social media. And you can also send us an email at millennialgodpodcast at protonmail.com. That's millennialgodpodcast at protonmail.com.